right, well, good morning. So we are starting a new series. Are you all ready for it? Okay, so have you ever been on a road that just keeps on turning, bending, then turning, bending, then turning, bending, and then all of a sudden your whole family is motion sick? Okay, that is my family. We pass out a lot of, what's the other, Dramamine and Bonine. You all know what Bonine is? It's better than Dramamine. You don't get sleepy with it. Unless you want your children, we won't go any further. But anyway, um, we have been on a lot of roads that have bends in them. And sometimes you get a little nervous, especially at night, right? When you have to do a really sharp bend and it's dark out because you don't know what's on the other corner. And so today, we are going to head back to a scripture, okay, that really teaches us and helps us understand how we navigate to God's next steps. And so we're going to head all the way back to the words that are found in Deuteronomy. If you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to turn to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 29, and I'm going to have you go to verse 29, so that's easy, right? 29, 29, can you say it with me? 29, 29, it's a beautiful day. Is it warm in here, or is it just me? It's warm. Can we open the garage? Oh, who was cold? Josh, you're hot, and you're pregnant, so I'm going to go with you, okay? Pregnant lady in the front row gets the, you know, I'm just kidding. Um, yes, I'm hot. I'm about to sweat up. All right, well, we're going to be in Deuteronomy 29, 29. And so if you would, let's stand for the reading of God's word this morning. But I'm going to say a couple of phrases from the first part of that chapter. So just listen to what I read, and then we'll head to verse 29. These are the words of the covenant that the Lord commanded Moses to make with the people of Israel in the land of Moab besides the covenant that he had made with them at Horeb. So here it is, God speaking to Moses, bringing about a new covenant. And Moses summoned, I love this, so you get this, right? God goes to Moses and says, it's time for me to speak a new word for my people. And you know what he does? He says, well, let's get the people. So Moses summons all the people of Israel, and he said to them, you have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, the great trials that your eyes saw, the signs and those great wonders. But to this day, so reflection, now he's saying, but to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you and your sandals have not worn off your feet. You have not eaten bread, and you have not drunk wine or strong drink, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. Now we're going to skip to 29, which is going to be our key verse for the next four weeks. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us. Are you getting this? Secret things are the Lord's. The things revealed, they're yours. They're your gift. They belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words, and let's say, of this new law. God, today we thank you. We thank you for new beginnings. We also thank you that no matter the bend, no matter the barrier, and no matter the bridge, you are on the other side. And so today, let us hold on to that. Today we pray against the enemy in the name of Jesus. We pray that today truth would be heard known and acted upon. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. All right, so let's just set this up for a second. And I want you to get this. 
Um, in order to fully understand how to navigate through life's bridges, bends, and barriers, we must first accept some realities. Y'all ever have a reality check? Okay, most of the time a good reality check is we realize we're not all that. That's a good reality check, right? And most of the time that comes to the avenue of someone else. They let you know that you're not all that. We don't really like that, right? That's not that exciting. That isn't what we wanted to hear today, but let me kind of tell you what I mean here. Moses, unfortunately, and I hope you know this part of the scripture. If not, I'd encourage you to go back and read all of chapter 29. We're going to be in it for the next couple of weeks. But Moses was saying to the people this, because remember, they were in the wilderness for how many years? 40 years. Remember that the scripture tells us that because of disobedience, because of sin, because of turning away from God, that generation was going to die. Now, interestingly enough, I love what Moses does. He says, hey, even in this season of death, so we don't often think of the 40 years as a season of death. It is a season of death. But in this season of death, God has done what? You never went hungry. Abby said it a couple of minutes ago. You never went hungry. Your feet weren't sore. God took care of you even in these last days. And what we're going to talk about the next couple of weeks is understanding the reality that Moses was mature enough that when the Lord brought the new word for the next generation that he wasn't going to be a part of, you know what he immediately did? He called the people and said, let's get the young people ready. Let's set them up so they don't make the same mistakes that we have made. And so it's kind of an interesting passage and time. I don't know about you, but um, I think it would be cool to know when we're going to die, and, and maybe that's not good because we might focus on it too much, right, and kind of live for it. You know that song? Um, I shouldn't even talk about country songs. We love country music, so on occasion when we're not listening to Christian music, like 49% of the time we listen to country music, okay? And um, anyway, live like I'm dying. You want me to sing it for you? No. Okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> Abba, you can sing it. But uh, I, wa I want to just share this with you, and Moses kind of gets that chance. I mean, think about it. He, he knows that, like, he's not getting to go in the promised land. What I love about Moses is he's no less passionate about God's people. It doesn't matter that he's not getting to go there. He's saying, hey, I want to set you up so you're ready to go there. And so I would challenge you to kind of say the latter part of Deuteronomy is Moses saying his final words. As God speaks, he speaks. He expounds a little bit. He challenges a little more. He has kind of a personal connection, so he begins to say, hey, I really want you to know I'm with you in this, and I understand this. And what's interesting is in the whole thing, he helps the people understand the things that they don't know. Now, what do you mean by that? You know, come on now, guys, ladies. We like to be in the know, okay? People just like to be in the know. People are always asking me, well, I just want to know, and I'm like, know what? I pretty much say everything somewhere because my mouth just kind of, you know what I mean? So if you're around me enough, you're going to be in the know, right? And, but people want to be in the know, and, and here's Moses. He's got the know, and he's like, I'm basically going to tell you the same thing God said before, and that is some things are known, some things aren't. You better be obedient if you want to be with him. It's, it's a summary, right? 
it's kind of a summation of what he repeats to the people. So, in that, let's, let's kind of just take this one verse. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. Now, people, this is the hardest part. Because, see, we want to know what's around the bend. We want to know what's over the bridge. We want to know what's coming. And see, the problem is, is that oftentimes we don't. But in our faith, the biggest problem is that we allow that to be a barrier. We allow that to stop us. We allow that to say, no, I, I can't. So let's talk about a couple of things here. He was saying for the people to live by faith. Living by faith means accepting the limits of revelation and affirming the reality of revelation. So what does that mean? Well, where you are today, right, hopefully is where God wants you to be. Hopefully you're in sync with him in such a way that he's speaking and revealing. And so what is he asking you to do? Live in that. Moses is saying, hey, if this is what you know, and I'm telling you, I want you to live there. Don't live in the, well, what's it going to be like? Well, what do you mean, pastor? Well, we've got to get this. There's some things here that we have to get. And I want you to think about this because oftentimes in the unknown, in fact, I've got someone, they're not in this service, in the other service, they're waiting for a result. And I think many of you have probably been in a place where you've gone for the test and you're waiting for the result. Now let's put aside everything else in life, okay? I feel like one of the greatest challenges in life is when you find something out and there's probably going to be a diagnosis and you're sitting in that waiting period and you're texting me every day now three days in a row the doctors still haven't and I'm not sure what especially when they're speaking the words like cancer so I mean my goodness think about the I don't knows think about the thoughts in that think about the struggle in the midst and you know what the enemy does? And that's just one example. But the enemy likes to put us at a place of despair. A place of just kind of being at the end of ourselves. In fact, Moses has kind of personal experience. Because see, every, every time things didn't go just right, what happened? In that I don't know period, the people of God shifted in a different direction. They shifted to other gods. In fact, I, I, this person, I'm like, look, stop going on Google. Y'all are awake, right? Like, hello. You could really go down a train in that waiting period if you get on Google, and then you're texting me the links, and I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean why don't we just pray? Why don't, why don't we just pray? Why don't we settle? See, Moses had personal experience with some waiting periods. In fact, he had personal experience. When people are waiting, he came back to them and said, what's going on? What happened? I, I've only been gone for, I mean, God is still God. Why are you? So Moses has some personal experience with the waiting, which is when the people of God tend to say, well, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. I don't know, but I'm going to make a way. I don't know, but in my humanness, I'm going to go anyway. And so... Moses was saying, hey, you need to be okay with what God has given you. And so, 
he kind of gives comfort here because there's kind of two things happening. I mean, can you imagine being the, the older generation in this? And I'm not trying to, this is just scriptural. This has nothing to do with age. Or, but imagine your younger generation is literally waiting for the next step, okay, for you to die. Now, some of you might say, well, let's just get rid of them. Then. No, I'm just kidding. You know, you didn't laugh at that. So um, Moses was speaking from experience, and he was saying, hey, I just want you to know, I'm part of that generation, but I still care about the next generation. I still care about what's to come. I still want God's words, and I want you to understand the mistakes we made. And, and, and here's what's interesting, and here's where they mesh together. If you read the full chapter, you're going to see how it all goes together, and here's where it is. And I want you to really understand this. People had started to do what? They figured out how to tent camp. Well, what do I mean? Well, in, in the despair, in the time in the wilderness, they, they began to get okay with the minimal provision. Now, if you really study Scripture, in the wilderness, God only gave them enough to survive. There was not plenty. You say, why is that significant? Come on, church people. There are, are so many times in Scripture when Jesus fed the 5,000, we get that wrong. Scripture tells us he did more than that. There was actually baskets left over so the disciples could make it across the water. See, we forget these things. Our God is not a God that just gets us through, but in this season, he was just getting the people through. It was unique. It's unique in Scripture. See, if we started living in the overflow and the bounty like we've talked about with the river, we wouldn't understand this. We would say, well, our God's not like that. Our God just pours out and pours out. And so here's what, what Moses was saying. Now listen, young people. I, I see that you've built a tent. I see that you're getting used to. I see you figured out the best way to live in this dark season. In fact, it, it's translated as a dark season of waiting. And so now the warning is like getting bigger. It's like, no guys, no ladies. Th there's more on the, don't get so comfortable that you're just willing to stay here and you don't want to take the bend to the other side and see the promised land. See, here he was speaking dually. And see, church, how often do we get comfortable in a dark season and say, you know what, I'm okay with the dark season, let's just stay here. I'm okay with being just okay, and so let's just be okay, and let's not do anything to make it. Let's not seek the other. Let's not go further. Let's just stay comfortable. And he was concerned that they had become okay with just living day by day by day. Yet there was more. There was more. So think about this. So Obviously here, there's some barriers, and Moses speaks to those in detail. I don't want to read all this, the passage to you, but he reflects back on a couple of things. And, and here's the thing, there are often things in our life that we hold on to that, that keeps us from taking that scary bend around the road and saying, I don't want to go around that bend because it seems too hard, it seems too difficult, we may not make it. And Moses began to identify 
and speak into all of those barriers. A couple of things. Think about this. Faith bows before the mystery of what God has kept hidden, and faith stands on the promise of what God has revealed. And so Moses said, hey, here's what God's done. Your feet aren't sore. Your bellies aren't hungry. He can do it. He can do more. But I want you to think about what he did do. And church, I think today we have to do what? Oftentimes remind ourselves of what he did do, when he did it, how he did it. He may even be doing it today. So, here's what he did. For Moses, there were two key things that he spoke about. People and the past. And you know what? What was yesterday? The past. Okay, so we established that, right? Yesterday is the past. For many of us, it still feels like it's the present. But the bottom line is it's the past. Y'all, time is going fast. Are you valuing it and, like, using it and enjoying the baby? You know what I'm saying? Are you... Think about this. Moses was saying, here's the problem. Y'all were a problem. And so were your ancestors, and here's why. And he was saying, if we hold on to the past, then we're just going to stay here. And I didn't do all this to die on my dying bed so you could just stay here. Imagine if you're waiting for something and the doctor never calls you back and you call the office and call the office and then you find out the doctor's on vacation, then it's seven more days. I mean, think about how trying that is. Thankfully, we don't serve a God like that. Thankfully, as we're obedient, thankfully, as we step in his ways, he is a way of... So, think about this too. He was talking about a sin, a sin that lies so deep. Think about this statement, sin lies so deep in us that we often find ourselves alarmed and astonished when it breaks out in unexpected ways. The sudden word, the cynical thought, that overwhelming impulse, that unexpected failure, and then all of a sudden it's there, it's present. And see, Moses is reflecting on times where it just rose up and all of a sudden it was there and an entire nation was shifted. And see, for us today, it's not a nation, but it's a person, a family, a society, a community, a workplace. And so, he began to identify that it comes from inside. Then he kind of, you ever been called out before? I say this a lot. We should be called out sometimes, right? Y'all are looking like, I ain't called out. I'm at the top of my food chain. I'm like 55 at the very top of my... Is that everybody here? Y'all with me? People call me out all the time. Oh my gosh, like every day. I didn't know you all didn't get called out. I don't do a funeral right. I got a text the next day. You know you forgot so-and-so's name. I'm like, oh gosh. In fact, I get called out, what, at least five days a week? So I'm not perfect yet. Think about this. I want you to think about this scripture. And the answer will be, it is because this people abandoned the covenant of the Lord. This is the scripture. The God of their ancestors, the covenant he made with them when he brought them out of Egypt. They went off and worshipped other gods and bowed down to them. 
God they did not know, gods he had not given them. Therefore the Lord's anger burned against this land, so that he brought on it all the curses written in this book. In furious anger and in great wrath, the Lord uprooted them from their land and thrust them into another land as it is now. Why is that scripture key? Well, because God was speaking to Moses a new covenant. Why? Because the covenant that we understood to be was being changed. Why? Because God was about to thrust them into a new, right, into a new moment, into a new era, into a new time. And Moses was saying, this is the time. Adjust your mindsets. Old people, be thankful. God has provided for you in these last days, even in your disobedience. Young people, heed their words. They know what they're talking about. Listen to them. They've been there. And he's saying, move forward. So making the turn. All right, I'm going to tell you some fun stuff. Oh, gosh, y'all. You're supposed to... Gracious, okay. When is that? Then the confidence monitor, because then I would know. Yeah. Um, that's not her fault, but... Uh, think about this. We went on a little trip, and um, my, my girls don't do well, er, all of my girls don't do well um, with motion sickness and driving in the car, and so, and I tend to do like a lot of, what's that called when you drive like speed up brake, speed up brake? Yeah, you don't want to drive with me, but anyway, I do a lot of that, and then imagine putting a camper behind it, and you hear that screeching for hours, and it's like forward brake, and my wife decided that we're going to go after work, which ended up being like, we didn't get home until 10 from here. And I was like, are you sure about this? Like four hours so that we can do it. Well, two hours in, throughout the mountains, turning, breaking, everything was a curve. Um, it was bad. So they were all sick, and so we had to pull over. But you know when you travel at night, you don't really know what's around you? You all know what I mean? And like, you had that beautiful feeling when you go on vacation. You wake up the next morning, you're like, how is this the... So I grew up, oftentimes, my mom was a teacher, my dad worked at a factory, and we would go for a little trip to the Poconos with all of our family on Friday nights, and so we would travel in the dark, and I promise you, no matter where we stayed, and you all know where the Poconos is? It's beautiful. Oh my gosh, go there in the winter, great ski, everything. We did that as youth group and all, but here's the thing, we'd wake up in the morning, and I would always be astonished when I would get out, because the scenery was beautiful. And I'm like, Dad, how did we get here? Like, it felt like it was a terrible place. And like, you wake up in the morning, it's like, wow. And I don't know if you've had that before where you've traveled at night, you wake up in the morning, you can't believe where you are. And so the middle of the night, we're still, what was it, 2.30? And I was like, we can do this. She's like, no, I'm like, the GPS says we're 30 minutes. Well, that's like 30 minutes without a camper and six, you know, sick children. And so anyway, we pulled over at a BP. Y'all know what a BP is? Not blood pressure, but the BP, the gas station. My blood pressure was up, and I said, all right, we're all going to sleep in the camper while it's hooked up at the BP. And um, I like saying the BP, you know what I mean? Like the BP. Anyway, we were at the BP, and I didn't know what kind of area we were in because it was just pitch dark in the middle of Kentucky. And so they all went into the camper as I watched. I was about to go in the camper with them, and I was watching um, a person pull up, and then this person got out. And I just, I won't go any further than this last moment. The person leaned over the window. And then I knew that kind of exchange and the clothing and all that it wasn't like, I was probably not in the best place to just kind of let them go in the camper. Do you know what I mean? And then I was in the van and the dogs kept barking, what, every 10 minutes because someone would pull up. 
And so I would lean up and look out the van window, and some young people, no offense, young people that got out, and they were spinning and carrying each other on their thing, and like literally the one jumped up the hood and onto the thing and was screaming and taking his, and I said, oh, so I think I'm probably just going to stay awake, and then things just happened all night. And so I was glad that I was awake and aware, and every once in a while I would get out and make my presence known as people would like walk by the, and so anyway, we woke up that morning, and I was like, this is not what I pictured. Like, there's a mountain right there, and it looks beautiful, and this is incredible, and I look at the BP. Well, that's what I pictured, but over here, this isn't what I pictured. Now, here's what I want you to think about. A couple of things. Oftentimes, when God is, is, is moving us forward, we get anxious, right? When you're driving in the dark, and you see that sign that lights up, and it literally goes like that, which means what? You're going to go like that and you get sick, and your kids get sick, and, and, and a lot of the time at night, you're like, why didn't I just do this during the day? It's safer during the day. Here's the thing. I'll just be honest with you. In our journey with the Lord, it, it should be safe. It just shouldn't. Moses, and you're finally at the destination that he's prepared for you, it will be good. So basically, in our language today, Moses was saying, don't be anxious about the places God is calling you to. It's the places he's calling you to. See, some of us should be anxious because there's places that we're at or going to that he didn't call us to. And see, the problem was the people of God, see, this isn't new. What did they do when Moses was away? Getting words and revelation got anxious. And they went to something that did nothing. Oh, this is an extra slide I added in. Um, I thought about this. I was reading over this and looked at what John Wesley had to say. And, and you know what Moses was saying to us as well here? He was saying, you know that you have a limiting mindset what happens when we put limits on things? We do what? Sometimes it's good. We need to set up boundaries, but boundaries are different than limits. See, sometimes what we do is we say, God is only going to go so far, so we can only go so far. In fact, I think many of us three years ago, we wouldn't really believe that we're here today. In fact, there were many people that said, hey, pastor, we'll do it, but we kind of don't believe it. And then after a week and thousands coming through, I think we're all pretty, what? Amazed, humbled, thankful grateful, appreciative, not of what we have done, but what God has done. But see, what happens is Moses was saying, listen, there's a danger here. If you limit yourself to the wilderness, all you'll ever have is the wilderness. If you limit yourself to the wilderness, people, all you'll ever have is the wilderness. If you say, this is as far as I'll ever go, then that's as far as you'll ever go. He was saying, listen to the elders. I'm one of them. Don't do what we did. Because they limited themselves and they didn't get to go to the next step. And then here's, here's the greatest thing that I want you to hold on to today. Y'all ever been suspicious? Come on now. I grew up in the East. It's different than here. 
my dad taught me to be suspicious. Like, you should just live suspicious. And my mom's saying, you should just live in the love that God, you know, and my dad would say, no, that character, you better put your fist up. And my mom would say, no, there's no way. My whole life, back and forth, you know what I'm saying? But Moses was saying, listen, what did God do for you? He fed you just enough. There ain't a sore on your foot. You translate that. It says that the feet didn't have sores. Well, come on now. They didn't have cars or anything like that. That was significant, meaning they did everything by foot. We like to get in a cart, a boogie, a whatever they are, golf cart. I'm always wanting to buy some kind of motor vehicle. I use my little tractor that's meant for mowing. Like, I throw the kids in the back and drive around because I like to drive things. I don't know if it's a male thing or an everybody thing, but I like to drive things. If she let me buy, I would, I would get it. If it had wheels and it moved, you know what I'm saying? They didn't have that. And then Moses went as far to say, look at your feet. Y'all like looking at your feet? I wish my wife would rub my feet, but ain't that gross, you know what I mean? I don't want to rub hers, but I want her to rub mine, but it don't work. So anyway, please don't. Um, well, they're clean right now, so please do. But, but think about it. He actually says in the translation, look at your feet, people. You don't got no motor vehicle, and your feet are not sore. Whew. And then he turned around and said, but is that all you want? Don't you want some running shoes? Even though your feet have been good, wouldn't you love to just have the opportunity to put your sneakers on and get to the promised land? And he said, you know what, young people? We're not going to get to do it. But if you'll put your running shoes on, you're going to get to do it. Church, are you ready to put your running shoes on and put your suspiciousness behind you and say, okay, all right. I'm not going to be suspicious of God who loves me, cares for me, and is always trying to draw me into better days. And so this morning, and I'm going to ask Keith if he would start this song. I just want you to reflect on this, and if you're online, we have to cut it off because we don't have rights to this, and so thank you for joining, and uh, God bless you. Let me know if you need anything. But I want you to think about this. Come on now. Release it. Let it go. Stop being suspicious about the fact that God has...